Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Manifest Your Success podcast. Today, we are joined by Judy Murray. Judy is the owner of Baja Burrito, a standalone California-style Mexican restaurant that has been successfully operating since 1995. Welcome to the show, Judy. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nice to be here. Yeah, so actually, this is really interesting because I, I've never actually talked to someone that's opened like a restaurant, like a private restaurant. Um, so like what, what kind of motivated you? Like, did you have like something when you were growing up that kind of motivated you to the restaurant atmosphere, like being around people, serving people food? Or like, how did that kind of grow um, to you as a person? I mean, I could probably go back to when I was a candy striper and they were like, where do you want to be? And I'm like, I don't know. And they put me in the cafe and I started to make milkshakes and was at the counter and serving people. And I was like, I love this. So I could almost take it back to there, you know, but um, there's food on both sides of my family. My mom's grandmother, I mean, my mom's mom had a grocery store. So she grew up in this tiny little Eastern North Carolina bomb and pop grocery store. And then my dad's dad had restaurants and then he opened a wholesale um, food distribution business but he sold to grocery stores so food is really on both sides of my family in sort of different respects and also entrepreneurship that's awesome so what is a candy striper i've never heard that term before oh yeah so it's a volunteer at a hospital so i wore the little the little candy striper like pink and white apron kind of thing and i'm that and little hat that was what you did back in the day I'm older (laughs) and um yeah I loved working in the cafe it was it was I just knew I was like this is so fun so I think I've just always loved this type of work yes Um, sorry so I'm curious you said you um you were also into entrepreneurship were there any other kind of entrepreneurial endeavors you got into before opening Baja Burrito um that's a good question but no it's funny I mean I always have been a hard worker that's kind of was is really the basis of my entrepreneurship is that I like to work hard and I sort of like to, to be my own, you know, boss. So I always had second jobs like throughout my 20s after college um, so I could travel and things like that. But uh, no, never. I did never. Done, this was my it was it was a big risk and I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like um, I, I at least for me personally, I, I grew up um, working for my opa's business and he was kind of someone that kind of implemented the work ethic that he had into me. So like, did you have someone in your life that really just kind of pushed you and like, say, this is what you need to do, this is your job, or like, how did that mold yeah, you? Yeah, my dad was a big part of that. I mean, he was very much about, you know, I'm, I'm giving you these opportunities as an education and, um, you know, bringing you up and, you know, giving you different experiences. And when you're, when you're finished with college, you're on your own. You, I'm, I've given you the tools, so you got to go and do it. And so... Yeah, he he. That was a big part of of our our being brought up was um, taking care of ourselves when we became of age. You know. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of want to dive into how you got um, like the idea for Baja Burrito and how you got that started. So I know you mentioned you were kind of in and out of different uh, like restaurant related positions. What made you decide you wanted to open a restaurant um, of the type that Baja Burrito is, where you know you're you're ordering. It's like a I guess a Chipotle style where they're certain they're making the food in front of you and what made you choose like California style Mexican? So that is a sort of a long answer um, because it's not really super clear. Um, I was a food broker when I lived in San Francisco. I moved to San Francisco after college. Let's start there probably. And so, uh, so what made you move to San Francisco after uh, college? I'm well, really curious. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I knew I wanted to sort of see the world and start traveling and, um, 
I had one friend in Boston, and I had one brother who I wasn't that close to, but he lived in San Francisco, or close to San Francisco. And I was like, okay, I'll go to San Francisco. So he let me live with him. He had a Domino's pizza franchise, and he let me live with him and deliver pizzas for him while he was off having fun. And so I was working for him, and then I moved, got myself moved into San Francisco and started my life there, and I became a food broker, which is somebody who sells food to, like, um, wholesale, but then they sell it to restaurants and hospitals and stuff. So I was in the food business kind of naturally. That kind of happened sort of naturally too. And I, we would eat burritos. Um, you know, after being downtown San Francisco and most weekend nights, you know, we would get a burrito at like two in the morning. <laughs> so I love burritos. I'd never had anything like that before. I'd never seen anything like this. The first one I saw, somebody brought it. It was wrapped in full. I'm like, what is this? And, um, He's like, it's a burrito. So there was, it was, it was brand new, you know, to me, because coming from North Carolina, you know, there wasn't coffee, there wasn't burritos, there wasn't a lot of things that were out there in California. So um, fast forward eight years, and I knew I was ready to come back to North Carolina because I couldn't afford it, like to have a house there or travel, and see my family on holidays is just stressful. So I, I moved. Before I moved back, I said I'm going to open a business. And I thought I was going to do coffee because there was no coffee in North Carolina when I came, when I left. And when I came back, there was only one cup of joe. That was it. And so I tried to do, I tried to figure that out. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just winging it, you know. And so I tried to figure it out. And a friend of mine came to visit and I showed her a space that I was looking at. And she said, Judy, why don't you do burritos? And I'm like, burritos? I don't know how to make a burrito. And so, I don't know, it just kind of snowballed from there. And um, I just put one foot in front of the other and somehow. So you did make a run at the coffee option? I didn't or? make a run. Oh, okay. I just started looking at locations and trying to figure out a way to do it. And I, nothing was just lining up. You know, nothing felt right. And um, I just couldn't get it going. I, I, nothing felt right. Right. So, so what's like the process? I know I've probably probably a lot has changed since you moved here to Raleigh, like 20 years. This is one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Yeah. Right now. But like, what is the process that you went through for like finding a, a place to lease out, like for a restaurant? Like, how does that work? Do you have to get like certificates or like approval from the government or how does that work? No, I mean, I just started driving around looking at areas that I thought would be good for coffee slash then burritos. And then I w just went into some of the stores, and I was just like, what's your traffic like in the shopping center? And um, so I, I found Mission Valley, which is where I am, and I talked to some of the people, and then um, I found a guy who was like, you want to buy my store? And I was like, maybe. And so it was more like that. I didn't think I used an agent. Um, I'm kind of anti all that stuff. I've never really used lawyers or agents or anything like that. So um, I just put one foot in front of the other. We figured out a little agreement. I bought his old gross equipment. I talked to the landlord. I, I, I signed a lease, and I just was like, okay, I have three months to figure this out, and I just started making phone calls. So yeah. what was the first phone call you made? I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, that was a long time ago, 27 years ago. I'm sure the first, I don't know, if I was starting like a, a restaurant and you said burritos, but you don't know how to make burritos. Like first thing I would do in, in our day and age is just type in how to make a burrito recipe or something like that. I didn't like even that. do that because my first concern was getting the space refitted, you know, properly. Like the kitchen cleaned up, the electrical, the, you know, getting it pulled up to code. So I just started making, so I started making phone calls to the permit department, like, okay, what do I need to do? And, um, and then find, then I 
called people. Like I called electricians, I called plumbers. I was, you know, I just was really constantly asking questions. That I think that's my the key to my success is that I, I've asked questions and I, I want to learn from other people. So, um, and I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really important is to be willing to ask questions and not just, you know, guess what you're doing, um, but to, like ask people that know the answers yeah. and you can learn from them. Well, and so the thing that I'll say to that is, yeah, I, I would ask tons of people and then I would, you mm -hmm. know, decide what kind of, I would take all that and sort of figure out, and I still do that to this day, and then figure out what's the best path forward for me. But yeah, absolutely, because everyone, there's a wealth of information out there, you just have to ask. So Right, so I'm curious, do you still have the same recipes that you do yes. when you started yes. as you do today? Okay. Yes, they've just gotten bigger, bigger amounts, bigger quantities. So do you remember like the first meal that you were like, okay, I'm going to put this on the menu because this is good, <laughs> and how did you come up with it? Oh my gosh, well, um, I mean, I had my set few little things. We've expanded the menu some, but not hugely. Um, but I had my f first little things that we made. And I remember trying to make um, our, what we call our mole recipe, which some people think that I shouldn't call it mole because that is, is connotated a lot of times with a chocolate you know, ingredient, which we don't put chocolate in ours. But um, my first employee was like, no, this is called mole. Like, it just means like a hodgepodge of all kinds of ingredients. So trying to make that was um, interesting, and uh, but fun, and not, and it all just flowed, you know. It all just came together, and so I felt good about that. Yeah, so, so I know you said that um, you were kind of asking a lot of questions and figuring things out as you went, but in your early years, was there anything that was particularly, like, super challenging or any major obstacles you ran into when you were trying to get things up and running? Um... I mean, I always would just say when people ask me, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I would have never done it, you know, because <laughs> it was really hard. Um, I wouldn't say one, there was not one challenge. It was just all a uphill battle because I knew nothing about it. I mean, I had been a food broker, but I, and I had worked as a server or a catering person, but I'd never really run a restaurant or bought the food or any of that. So I wouldn't say there was one, it was just it was just all a big challenge. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I'm curious. So I don't know when, when I'm kind of thinking about like what I want to do with my life, I'm only 20 years old. So I feel like I could take it so many ways right now. And like, I kind of think of like, okay, if this area fails, then I have this to back up on. So like, what was your mindset in that? Was it like you burn the bridges? Like, okay, you're fully committing to this restaurant. Or was it like, oh, if I, if I fail at this restaurant, I can go back to being a broker. I can go back to doing X, Y, and Z. That's funny, because I never thought about I, it failing. I just was like, this is going to work because I love burritos, and who wouldn't? I mean, so I was, and Raleigh needed burritos. Um, so I always just looked forward, and I think that's a big thing, too. One, be 100% passionate and committed, which I was, because I, I just thought it was a great idea to bring burritos to Raleigh. And I never looked back. I, I never did. I definitely didn't think about what if it didn't work. I didn't. I just, because you know what? I think I was so busy trying to figure out how to get it opened and get it going and run it. I didn't have time to, to like second guess. I had, I was committed. <laughs> I think that that's such a powerful mentality. And you see that in a lot of successful people where they're not worried about like, plan B, they're just full in on yeah. what they're doing and nothing's going to stop them from accomplishing it. Absolutely. And I think that is key. I mean, I really do because I've said that before to different people. If you aren't 100% committed, it will, 
it won't work. I mean, it, it might work, but it's not going to work, you know, as well as you'd like it to. So, um, yeah, I think that, that that's a that's a good, yeah. that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So you saw this hole, obviously, in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, where there's like there's no burritos. And I mean, who doesn't love burritos? You, you ate them all all day in yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. So like when was did you just like you were just the only person making burritos in Raleigh at the time or nearby? Or like when did you first come across like a competitor or someone in the area? So it's funny because when I moved back to Raleigh, I live with my sister and um, she lived over uh, in another part of Raleigh. And there was a California style burrito shop getting ready to open and they opened about four months before I opened. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> and um, they got there. They had also lived out, not in San Francisco, but I think in the Southern California. And, um, and they opened, so they opened right before me and I would go in there. And I'm like, I really want to tell them that they need to fix this and this and make their, this, this. <laughs> it's so funny, but I was working on mine when they, uh, when they opened. So that was really it. It was just us two for the longest time in Raleigh. So do you think anything separated you like from them? Um, I mean, we we were just a little different. With, without like completely shitting on on their business. Yeah, no, and they have a good product. <laughs> yeah. I just um, I, mine was set up to be. I have sort of a sense of urgency when people come in because um, I I kind of set mine up to be a quick quicker serve, like for people coming in for lunch, you know, all around NC State, and um, so and that you could also. When I first opened, you we would ask you the questions as we're making your burrito because that's how they do it in California, and uh, but I had to change that after about a year because we were just yelling at people over the sneeze guard, you know, the over the, you know, the glass, and so I changed that to where we now ask, as Sam knows, all the questions um, on the um, order form. But that kind of set us apart because you could you could not get get you know you didn't have to just say I want that you could get how you wanted it a little extra this a little extra that you know. So yeah. I felt like that was a, a, a good thing. And it still is. People still can get, can sort of customize their burrito. Right. And so, me and Sam were talking to um, two gentlemen yesterday, and they were really just talking about how if you really want to provide like a success, successful product or business, you really just have to minimize the time that, that gives them the product or business. And I feel like that's exactly what you did with Baja Burrito. Yeah. 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 yeah I think um, people are always surprised when they come in and, you know, they order a burrito and in like 30 seconds, it's in a bag waiting for them. Right. And I think that's a lot of maybe some of the reason that you had so much success is because a lot of people, like you said, are just coming in for lunch and they want to get back out because they have a short lunch shift or something. Right. And they just know it's not going to, you know, because a lot of times, one, you're hungry. People are coming hungry. Two, you're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, what? It, but they know that we're going to be fast. Like they don't want to wait a long time and like have it, have it to be this endeavor. And and also I've, I've always made it important to my employees that this is how this is important this is a priority this is what I need from you as an employee too we go quick right. I mean and that's kind of what I, how I've always how I kind of always laid the right the framework so I'm curious like on what you think kind of about like the fast food industry like in whole I, I wouldn't classify your restaurant as fast food. I've never tried it myself but um, I wouldn't classify it as fast food I, I think Chipotle is kind of in that category but they're also like they're giving food that's kind of healthy and yeah. it's not like all grease and like 90% of what you order is isn't something that's like super right. bad for you well you know I've been glad to see that in the last what 10 years or so that the that there has been it was upsetting to me. I felt like every time I went to dinner or went to lunch, I had to spend 20 or up to get healthy food. There was nothing fast and quick like Baja Burrito. There, and so that I'm glad that that has come into the fast food industry because I don't enjoy the fast food 
industry of olden days. I mean, like, you know, all the whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think it's, it's causing a lot of problems, I think, in society. I mean, absolutely. It's like absolutely. the most convenient thing is literally McDonald's, like and Bojangles, yeah, Popeyes. And it's so cheap. <laughs> yes. You know, it's so bad for you. So I've been so happy to see the influx of, of new healthy fast food um, genre, really. Yeah, so, so I'm curious, because fast food um, franchises like that are so cheap and um, so convenient, was it ever like, were there ever any big fast food franchises like McDonald's? I know there's a there's a Domino's or a Papa John's, I think, right across from Baja. Were there, were there ever any of those that were popping up and kind of you noticed that they were stealing market share from you guys and kind of almost forcing you out of business? Or were you always just trucking along? You know, I would people would come in sometimes and ask for things like in the same language as Taco Bell. And I'm like, oh no, this is not Taco Bell. I'm like, you need to go down the street if you want to eat rehydrated food. I said, this is Baja Burrito. So, I mean, I never felt like those places um, impacted me. But then when, when burrito shops started opening and like some other sort of lower priced, healthier options, I felt like I, was, I did start getting impacted. Raleigh has just exploded with restaurants in the past 15 years. I mean, it was like two were open in a day. So I've, I've felt it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like king of king of the land over there, <laughs> like in, by, in Mission Valley. I mean, there was hardly any other stuff like mine, you know? Yeah. And you're all the way across campus from like there's Hillsborough Street on the other side of campus, but no one's going to walk all the way up to Hillsborough Street. Right. When there's so many apartments. Right. And, and also, you know, like there's also environment, you know, not environment, but where students live and things like that is also changed. A lot of things, so many things have changed in 27 years like environmentally, I mean, economically, and um, just, you know, the the means that people have that they didn't used to have. Students used to always live all just around NC State. Now they live all over. Right. So it's yeah. a very different world yeah, it than is it for was. Sure. So I'm curious, so once you, like, kind of got this up and running, and I feel like the next step, once you learn how to make burritos and how to provide a good service, you obviously are trying to hire employees to teach people to do it. So what was that process like? Were you just looking for people that were just that could just fill the line and just do everything? Or was it kind of like, OK, I need to find a manager? And like, how did that process play out? So all of my employees pretty much always have done everything. I mean, they from prepping to making burritos to washing dishes to mopping. And I've just sort of always had an everything employee. Um, I've not really had many managers over the years because um, I've sort of been able to either manage sort of from afar or manage if I have, been, if I am working, manage in there. So for maybe a period of like four or five years, I did have a manager and um, I didn't work really that much. Um, but mostly I've just had employees that know how to do enough of everything that I could they could just call me and I could sort of walk them through it on the phone if there was any problems or they needed to figure something out so and that's helped me I think because they weren't so specific that you know that they could do anything so that they could help me kind of manage yeah and I think um, a lot of the employees you have now have been around almost since it opened right absolutely I mean I feel so blessed I mean I have most of my employees are over 15 years with me um, and that's probably six people and so yeah and I've always had longevity employees even college kids would stay with me through the graduate school and sometimes they'd maybe quit for like six months and then come back you know and work for another year or two to you know depending so I've, I've always had really 
great um, long-term employees. What do you think contributes to that? Like, as obviously, with, uh, please toot your horn as much as you'd like. But like <laughs> what do you think contributes to making employees happy? Like, how do you, if you're if you're someone that's that has employees in your company, how do you how do you make them want to come to work every day and enjoy it? Right. Well, one of the big things that I did was I would always ask them what their schedule was before I made my schedule because I didn't want to put, I mean, I'm not one of those managers that's like, well, this is a schedule, you're working it. I never, I was like, that's just going to bite you in the foot, you know? So I always would ask what's going, you know, what are y'all doing? Can you work this, 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 and this? Because, um, and then they'd be like, yes or no. And so I always have had mostly people show up. I mean, people just don't not come to to work there. And I've, it's kind of something that I've not put up with, but also they just, I've just never had the problem. So I think that was really big that I try and get to know my employees and care. I do care about them. It's like true. I mean, it's, it's real, you know? So I think that's pretty big. Yeah. I think that's so valuable. You see in a lot of successful companies as well, you see um, bosses who aren't just acting like a boss. They almost act like a friend and they yeah. try and um, get to know their employees more. Yeah. That always leads to more success. I mean, you know, I feel like it's obviously been helpful for me, but it wasn't contrived. It's just really um, original and honest because I I, I, I I enjoy people, especially if I'm, they're working with me and, you know, they're working for me. So I appreciate that they are working. So it all has worked out. It's a good symbiotic relationship. Yeah. So I want to kind of get into how Baja Burrito has been around for so long, right? And in the restaurant industry, it's, it's brutal. It's super competitive. And you see restaurants going out of business all the time. Um, especially in an area like this. So, I mean, you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what do you think is like maybe the biggest things that allowed Baja Burrito to stay in business for 27 years? Yeah. Um, all right. So the food is super consistent, in my opinion. Um, and I think that has to do with my long-term employees, whether they were long-term for seven years or long-term for 25 years. That's huge. And two, my... I, seems like we get like we know about our customers we know their orders we say hi i mean we we recognize them and that's a customers like to be noticed and i love that part of the, of the business um and there was another one but i forgot what i was gonna say um why, while you think about that, I, I do want to touch on that point you made about like connecting with people that come in regularly because I, I'm do a valet. I'm valet um, and I'm not really a business owner, but you can like I work off of tips. So if I don't connect with people, yeah, they're less likely to tip me. Yeah. And if people are coming in over and over again, it's clear that you see they're like, oh, I remember you from last time. You just strike up a really simple conversation Absolutely. and it just goes a completely far way from long, making money a long way yeah. and I genuinely love to talk to people so <clears throat> being predominantly at the register all these years I you know I'm like oh it's your first time in you know or oh yeah oh, didn't you get the fish burrito last summer whatever it is you know because I really really do uh, appreciate and want to hear about it just like my employees so I think that's gone a long way my and my employees have done that too where they get to know the customers and then I'll see customers out and they're like oh my gosh we love Luis or we love Roberto or whoever my employees are and um, and so they, they know them so yeah that is a huge part yeah so I guess backtracking a little bit um I know that <coughs> sorry I forgot what I was gonna say um I had another point with that but I can't remember what it was it was something kind of important but I don't remember what it was <laughs> <laughs> um I forget but anyways so since you guys have been around for so long, especially like you're, you were, you created in the, in 1995, um, since then, you know, the internet has kind of taken over and things like Uber Eats, uh, have come around. So 
I'm curious what like what your view is on that or like how it was watching that unfold and being able to take those things and implement them. So I'll have to say I am a bit of an old person because I really just I've never really advertised. I've never you wouldn't believe uh, the myriad of apps or things or ideas that have come at me for 27 years. And I just wouldn't do any of them because I just it's overwhelming to me because there's so many different ways you could go. You could just throw your money out in so many different ways. And every time I talk to one of my customers, how did you find about Baja Burrito? Oh, a friend brought me in. Well, a coworker brought me in. Oh, my family member brought me in. So it was like 80% <clears throat> of how I started and how I grew my business was word of mouth. And so I have never really used much of the technology things, and I know I should, but I don't. And the only reason that I've sort of used the tablets is because I thought, well, all right, I'll spend a little extra money to get my name out there because there's so many people looking at these tablets as we go on and on. But I have not enjoyed them because they take a lot of money from you. And, um, yeah. So I use as minimum as possible of new technology. I mean, as evidenced when you go in there, it's like a time warp. Right, yeah. So <laughs> so I want to kind of dive in because COVID-19 came in and, and kind of like fast forwarded technology and it, mainly it fast forwarded like these Uber Eats and like DoorDash apps. That's probably why I, I mostly escalated the tablet. Okay, so, so wouldn't like, what was that process from like when you were like, okay, COVID-19 is coming around the corner and it was like big news. I think it was March, 2020 when it kind of slapped everyone in yeah, the face. So yeah. what, how, how did you like react to that? Like, After did you, freak did out. you step back and pivot or like, what was your thought process through that? Well, I'm lucky that we are naturally a takeout business. I mean, and we, ha and we do so much takeout at night that it was just a no brainer. We, I mean, we were one of the lucky restaurants that w was easier to pivot. And I did get more tablets because our tablets just blew up. I mean, even though I got really upset with, you know, the Uber Eats and the Postmates because they were charging me so much. And I was like, come on, it's COVID. Are you kidding me? You guys are killing it. And I would I got two of them to lower my percentage rates. But so I, I went, I just gave in and went with the tablets. Um, and then, you know, we just... We got lucky. I've been there 25 years, and so we had enough customers, even though we were, like, in a black hole that NC State was closed and all the people at Centennial Campus were gone. We were just in this oasis of nothing. But we've had enough customers for 25 years that they actually – we had enough to pay the light bill, you know, basically, to pay the employees and pay the light bill. Came in and um, traveled in to, to, to come to Baja Burrito. So I just feel so lucky, and the government helped, too, but – I feel so lucky that we were there long enough to last through or we would, I'd have been gone. Right. Yeah. It I would have been gone. It is amazing that you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's really impressive. It's amazing that I'm here just anyway, because I'm so, you know, it's, it's it was a lot. <laughs> the last three years has been a lot, you yeah. know? Yeah. Everyone has definitely been through a lot of stress. Yeah. It's, it's very taxing. It's been, I mean, every week felt like something new that I had to handle, worry about, think about, pivot to, you know, figure out every... For at least a year, it was like that. So I'm curious about like the Uber Eats and DoorDash because I've actually never talked to anyone about like how if someone does have a restaurant and they want to get their product on Uber Eats or DoorDash, how does that process work? As, you kind of touched like they get a percentage and like, yeah. how did you negotiate that down to? Well, so it was funny because these in the very beginning, these people would start coming in. They're like, oh, I have this order and, and they just had this order. And I'm like, who are you? And they're <laughs> like, I'm with 
you know, like was whichever one was the newest, probably Uber. I don't remember. Postmates was like the newest. Oh, we're with this company, Postmates. And I'm like, Postmates? I didn't even know what it was. And we weren't signed up. And I said, I'm not signed up with y'all. What is this? And so he's like, but he paid for it. It was like he, they had us on their site, but, but they paid for it because the customer paid them. And so then I was like, well, a couple of, they came in some more and I'm like, what is this? So I called them up and asked them. And so they told me they, you know, it was, they had 30%, um, you know, percentage, they take 30% off the top. And I'm like, that is highway robbery, but, uh, all right, I'll, I'll try it, you know? And so, um, I mean, and I did have a local company that I still use that I should give a shout out to, Takeout Central, who I love. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually were, they were my first, but I, they came in and talked to me and I signed up and it was, it wasn't online. It was, it, they called us up, I think, or we had a printer or something, something really super basic, you know, and um but they talked to me before they started getting Yeah, ordered. that's I crazy. Mean, Someone just shows up yeah, and you're like, and, oh, yeah, and, your, your and it, restaurant's on Postmates. Yeah, and it wasn't even the one company. It was a couple of them. And I'm like, what is this? And so I guess they just put your menu up and people will order and they just figured out, I'm like, well, which chicken do you do the person want? And they're like, I don't know, you know, because they didn't have like the whole thing. It was wild. So it's just it's been a owning a business definitely puts your fingers in very lots of different aspects of life and and you just have to make so many different decisions and learn so many things yeah i think that's so crazy that they just put your menu up on there without like yeah. figuring out the actual important details yeah um, no it was crazy i'm like which beans do they want I, I don't, and the driver didn't know <laughs> and i was just like this is crazy it was probably about 10 years ago I, it's life sort of a blur but it was a very long time ago what well, was when they first started yeah, so I guess like in the <laughs> in the like in the 27 years that you guys have been around, you've kind of been through like the 08 crisis, you made it through COVID. Were there ever any times where you were seriously like in danger of um, going out of business or like really close calls with anything that might have happened? Um, no, and you know, I've been through like three recessions. I mean, there was like one in 01, I think one in 03, and then 08 was yeah, the Yeah, 01 was like four years after you guys opened, right? <laughs> y- yeah, well, yeah, and I, and that one didn't affect me that much because we were, our price point sort of, it wasn't such a horrible recession that we were okay. And then we had, there was another one like, I don't know, 04 or 06 or I don't know, there's a blur. And that one went too bad, but 08, 08 probably is what, what what wore me down it, oh it was tough i mean because i was working hard we making no money basically and that and that lasted a long time i mean i probably didn't start really seeing numbers go back up until like 15 i mean it was a long road so that definitely you know was was a like oh my gosh oh, this is my business and this is reality and i have to stick it out you know so but i made it through and then we started doing well again you know but it was a long hard seven eight years so what are some like practices that you did you like kind of like did you ever try meditating or like did you just have a good support circle around you like what kind of like pushed you through that like personally you know i i think um i I don't know. I'm just a pretty hard worker and I see things through and, um, you just always had that vision of looking at the end, just getting through it. Yeah. I just had, I just knew it would be okay. And the other thing is, is that, you know, I have always seen myself also as an employee of Baja Burrito. So I can pull back my spending and my money because, um, you know, that's how I think that's another reason I'm successful is that I don't just spend all the money I make. You know, I, 
I save it because I'm just I, I give myself a paycheck like an employee, and um, that I think is kind of key to having money for a rainy day, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so I'm curious. You started this almost over 20 years ago. So where do you plan to like take this like in the future? Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 in my golden years here of or my yeah, like I, I'm uh, about to be needing to n- a new chapter. You know, I'm, I'm looking to do hopefully retirement soon because um, it's, you know, restaurant business is fun. And I would I think anyone should do it, but it'll take it out of you. And especially after 27 years. So I need a I need a next chapter. Are you th- thinking about selling it or transferring so ownership? Or I've what thought about selling it, but um, there are plans to completely renovate Mission Valley Shopping Center. Oh. And that includes... I believe tearing down all the buildings. So um, the next people are going to probably make a fabulous, cool area, but I don't think I'm going to be a part of that because right. uh, it, that would just be a lot to. It would be like opening a whole new restaurant. Right, right. And I'm curious, just like on the topic of retirement, uh, feel free to talk as much about it as you'd like. Um, but like from being 20, like looking at retirement now, like I, I could never just imagine just like stop working. So like, how did your mindset? <laughs> like, so I, well, let me touch on something else because it's kind of relevant. Um, like I'm in a psychology class and they, we were looking at some studies that um, looked at people's uh, perception on retirement at like mid-career and then kind of late career. And the people at mid-career kind of uh, um, underestimated the age that they wanted to retire at. So obviously when you're younger, you're looking at retirement and be like, oh, I can't wait for it to come. But then when you finally get there, then you're like, okay, well, honestly, wh- what am I going to do if I don't retire? So what are you, what would you do if you, if you retire? Like, what are some other passions that you have? Right, right. So I don't necessarily want to completely retire from the working world, but I need to, to, to close this chapter because it's, it's been a long chapter and I'm just ready for a new chapter. But that said, I've been a big traveler in my life. So I want to do some more extensive traveling because that, you know, takes time. And I have a lot of, ho- I mean, I have a lot of hobbies, you know, um, hiking, pickleballs, you know, paddleboarding, kayaking. I mean, I love to do all kinds of outdoor sporty things. So, and and I like to work. I'm going to work again. I know I will because I like that interaction with people. Um, I like to make money too. I mean, who does it? (laughs) And I'm still young. I just need another, I just need to find, I just need to close this chapter and, and move to the next situation, I think. Yeah, what are some uh, what are some places that you want to travel? Maybe on your bucket list. Yeah, there's so many, right? Uh, I mean, the world. So I mean, I've done <laughs> a lot, but there's so many places. Space, maybe. No, no space. No, no, space? That's, no that scares me. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everywhere, every time I've tried to travel and or places I go, I try and go for three weeks to a month um, because you just you just need that much time, especially if you're going a long way. So all all the big continents that I haven't been to, you know, Australia, New Zealand. I want to go to Japan and. Um, I wouldn't mind going back to South Africa because it's such a, a really beautiful, wonderful place. So, um, I mean, there's, and and places still in our country that I haven't seen. C- can you think of like the best dish that you've had, whether it could be bought in Baja Burrito restaurant, but <laughs> <laughs> just around the world that you've tried? Like what's the best food? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm not really a best of person. I, I'm more like just an experienced person and I have lots of good, you know, wonderful experiences. But gosh, I don't know that I can answer that a, a best food. Or maybe like a culture that you like the most. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I spent about four months in India, and that was a that was amazing. Um, it's a very different culture, and it, it's it's such a culture of extremes. There's just extreme beauty, extreme poverty, extreme you know, wealth, and it it's it's extreme nastiness. I mean, it's 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 but it's gorgeous country, you know. So I I, I would like to go back to India too. I I didn't see all of it. I saw a lot of it, but. Right. Um, that, that was one of my bigger experiences. That's awesome. So like looking back on this restaurant journey that you, you've had and you're still taking, like would you do anything different? And like if so, like what would that be? Ah, um, you know, I don't know that I would do anything different. I definitely would never have a partner. I I mean, I've toyed with that in my when it was hard, but I was always thought, no, you don't want a partner. So um, I might have a manager. Um, because I managing and running kind of and being responsible is a lot. So I might have I might have had more manager manager type position. Um, what do you think the pros and cons of a partner are in business? Well, you know, there's a huge factor of trust, right? So you have to trust a person, and that's that's tough. You never know, and also about how you want things done and how they want things done. Um, and so I never had to deal with any of that, even though it's really hard being the sole boss and the buck stops with me. I I got to do it like I wanted to do it. You know? And you get rewarded, too. It's like, okay, you did this all yourself. Yeah. It's not like, okay, maybe this person might have contributed more, like did yeah. something that's really looking back, like, wow, I did all of this. Yeah, true, I guess. Yeah, 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 true. I mean, in the end, I, I know I need to be proud of all that. I mean, I am proud of myself, but, uh, you know, I just think it was – I think it's easier sometimes um, just depending on, the, on your personality. And, and my personality, it's easier. Yeah, and um, I guess maybe you sort of answered this when you uh, – answered what you would have done differently but maybe for someone that's out there and um debating like maybe i should start a restaurant or something like that what is some advice maybe you'll have for them uh like what was what should they keep in mind or what should they try yeah um i well obviously first and foremost if you want to do it you need to do it because you'll regret it if you don't that's what i feel like i think that's one of the in the one of the biggest pieces of advice don't hem and haw. I mean, if you really, really are passionate and this, and you can just feel it in your gut that this is like you want to do something, you know, along the restaurant lines or along any kind of opening a business, I say do it as young as possible so that if something does happen, you have chance. To, you know, you have plenty of time to uh, to to move to the next situation. Right. Like you don't want to live your life in regret. Exactly. By the, like by the time you're 50, like you should have done it by the time you were 30. I think so. I mean, I I did I moved back from California when I was 33 and that's or maybe I was a little younger and I opened it when I was a 33. I moved back when I was 30 and I opened it when I was 33. But um yeah, and um I I just think you should definitely go for it. You know, you you got to you've got to go for it. I mean, you, you know, you can't just sit around wishing or hemming and hawing if you really feel like that that's the path you want to take, because you'll never know. That's very insightful. Unless you jump off the cliff, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard as hell to jump off that cliff, but do it. You know. <laughs> Once you do it, I feel like it's a lot easier to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Once you just commit. To and something. you're so proud of yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've jumped off cliffs before and it was horrible, and I'm like <laughs> so proud of myself for doing that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I'm curious. So we ask um, all of our guests this question. I know we kind of touched on it before we hit record. So feel free to say whatever you please, and we'll be happy with the answer. But like, what is one goal you have like in your life, whether it be like personal or career, like it could be something as simple, like, okay, trying to a, a very small habit that you want to practice more. So what is one goal? And like, um, how are you doing? Or what are you doing to achieve that? 
So I probably, because of how type A I am, stress is a uh, has been a big obstacle in my life. And um, I've had different, I've tried different things to work on it over the years. And um, so that's probably one of my bigger goals is to go out in a, in a more peaceful, stress, stre- stressless or stress less stress life. <laughs> and so I have started a practice um, called Transcendental Meditation, and I am enjoying it. I mean, I've never been able to meditate more than three seconds, basically, because of my nature, but I can. I do it twice a day for 20 minutes. I'm like, really? And um, I love it. I don't know. I think, I don't know. We'll see. I, yeah. I, can't, I told my sister, I said, well, just let's see what happens. See what you see. See what effects, you know, it has. We'll see. So yeah. what type of meditation is that? Because I know there's there's a several types of meditation so how does that one work there are um i think it's more like what a lot of the monks how the monks uh, meditate um you use a mantra and you you just say the mantra in your head so um that's mostly all i know about it i mean i was given like my own little mantra do you remember one can you can you put us through a meditation right now oh no 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 it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that so you it's just literally 20 minutes of you saying your mantra in your in your head okay and so that's what keeps you i mean thoughts come and go Mm -hmm. but then you go back to your mantra and thoughts come and go and you go back because yeah there's different ones you know there's like breathing or candles or you know different different ways that people focus but that one is you're just constantly saying the mantra yeah it's really interesting i i I mean, it works for me. It, right. I mean, it doesn't stop the thoughts because they're they're going to come. But it allows you to control them, I feel like. It, it allows it you to have something to come back to. Yeah. That's You're really sort of still saying it even when the thoughts are going. But um, it, And it it is it's so relaxing. It really is. Like, I did it before I came here. I was like, you know, Judy, you just better get your, get your uh, TM done before you go because you need it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous, you know. I'm well, you d- you're doing a great job. I don't I'll t- do let me this tell kind you that. Thing, no, so. it's, it's awesome. Really, we appreciate you being here. It is. Oh, it has been a pleasure. It, it was such. It was. I was so tickled when uh, <laughs> Sam asked me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I guess as we wrap up here, um, are there any recommendations or handoffs you want to leave with the audience? This could be, you know, a book, a, a person that influenced you. Anything that you think, if I left this with someone that might be watching, this would help them better their life somehow, or how they can reach you or Baja Burrito. Oh. Uh, I, that's a big, um, I mean, I don't have anything in particular besides what I've said. I mean, obviously come to Baja Burrito, especially <laughs> before the building gets torn down. <laughs> Hopefully we will figure out something and we can keep existing, but who knows? But, um, no, not necessarily just, uh, you know, really my one thing is go for it. Just go for it. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That's it for today's episode. We hope you enjoyed the conversation and would greatly appreciate a review to help others find the show. If you know someone that might find use out of our podcast, be sure to send it their way. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so hit that follow and subscribe button to stay up to date. Catch you next week.